Hi, welcome to the Landscape of Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm your host, Dan Paletta. Thanks for joining us. It's a question budding entrepreneurs face all the time. They have a great idea, but what they might not have is capital. So where do they turn? Here in Northeast Ohio, more and more, they're going to North Coast Ventures, an organization that's been around for almost two decades that matches potential startup owners with investors. Here to talk to us about the work that North Coast Ventures does is Managing Director Todd Fetterman. Todd, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Dan. So where were people going before places like North Coast Ventures existed to get that entrepreneurial start, that funding? Were they going to family and friends, to banks? Where did you turn? Anywhere they possibly could. Uh, entrepreneurs find a way. Uh, you know, there's no one more resourceful than a startup founder. So on, on one hand, uh, we don't worry about them because they're going to do everything they can to find the right resources. On the other we want to bring them the best possible resources, not just to fund their companies, but to help increase their odds of being successful because they're not just competing with somebody on their side of the town or somewhere else in the state. Software companies, which is where we focus, are competing nationally and globally. So they really need to have uh, an ability to raise capital and focus on their own business instead of knocking on every door in town. The company was once known as North Coast Angel Fund. The North Coast Angel Fund was back in 2006. How did things get started? Well, we started when um, my partner and the original founder of uh, North Coast, Clay Rankin, was a member of a Columbus-based group called the Ohio Tech Angel Fund. And they laid an interesting pathway for how an individual group of angel investors could pool their time and energy and capital uh, into ultimately making better decisions and helping those companies be successful. Uh, Clay spent some time with Ray Leach at Jumpstart, and uh, Jumpstart, to their credit, was willing to roll up their sleeves and make an investment in North Coast to help us get off the ground. So we raised a, a first fund, got 99 individuals to write a check. Most people invested twenty-five dollars or $50,000, not knowing the types of companies we'd invest in or how it went, how it would go. And over the next several years, we invested in 21 companies. As you might expect, we had some terrific companies and big winners. We had some companies uh, that were ultimately not successful. And we learned a lot, which put us in a better position to raise subsequent funds and ultimately become better and better investors over time. So what brought about the name change in 2020? Well, we really felt that uh, the notion of simply being characterized as angel investors would be limiting. Uh, in Ohio, we have a, a very sophisticated and robust angel investor community. In many parts of the country, though, that isn't necessarily the case. So we wanted to make sure that we focused on the professional management layer that we were creating, right, between our individual investors and the companies, but also because we had created a second type of fund, uh, a venture capital fund. So we have a seed fund, which invests with very active participation from individual investors and a venture fund, which focuses more like a traditional venture or private equity fund. But what they both have in common is that we have a very large number of highly engaged individual investors. So we've had over 350 people over the years write us a check, as little as $25,000, as much as $6 million, uh, and put their time and energy behind trying to help us and our companies ultimately be successful and provide strong returns. I would imagine that 90% of the listeners to the landscape know what an angel investor is. But for those who don't, why is that a special investor? And what does an angel investor expect back, perhaps, compared to a general investor? Sure. So those angel investors who can sleep well at night expect very little, right? They're okay. doing this 
because they're hopeful that they're going to drive a return, but they're investing their own money. And the earlier you invest, the more you realize that there's a meaningfully high likelihood that any individual investment will fail. And that's why we invest in a portfolio. We have at least 15 or 20 companies per portfolio to minimize that level of risk. But individual angels are investing their own money. In many cases, they're making their own decisions and they're trying to help companies be successful before they get to a point where they're able to raise institutional venture capital. So angels, along with friends and family, are an absolutely crucial part of any startup ecosystem. Since we're on the subject of defining terms, we also hear this term, a sidecar investor. Can you tell us what that is? Sure. Sidecars uh, is, uh, is a way to characterize individuals who come in on another deal. So North Coast, we might lead a deal. We may put in $250,000 or $500,000 in, but then we allow other individual investors to invest via a sidecar. So on those same terms and conditions and the same structure to make an individual investment. It's a way to uh, parlay someone else's time and effort in putting a deal structure together and doing all that diligence into an individual investment opportunity. How important do you see startups to being in the economy here in Northeast Ohio? I know you said they're our future, so why are they our future? I think they're the best bet that we have as a region. Uh, as, as much as we, it's fun to think about and talk about attracting mega companies here, right? the way we're going to grow is by building great companies here, not by attracting uh, large businesses here. Uh, across the country, uh, almost all of net new job growth over the past 20 years is created by startups. And it's going to be one business at a time. We have companies in our portfolio that have 10 employees, 50 employees, 200 employees. And that, that's how we're going to create uh, wealth uh, and success in the region, not just because that's how you drive uh, employee growth and wealth creation, but those types of companies are selling services or software, in this case, to companies across the world, right? If, if, if we're funding a bunch of pizza shops that are just selling pizza to people here in Northeast Ohio, that's not creating wealth for the region. That's moving dollars around in the region. Uh, our best companies are uh, global players, and that's the kind of investment I think we need to make in the region's economy. You mentioned you focus on tech uh, tech uh, uh, investments. Tell us a little bit about the kinds of tech investments that, that North Coast Ventures fun focuses on. Sure, and I'll do it in the context of one which uh, just announced a successful exit last week, ABLE. So ABLE is a, a software company for the staffing industry. Uh, you know, staffing companies in every city in the country. Uh, they have large numbers of employees who uh, go to them and want to work for the staffing companies, but there's uh, a not insignificant amount of uh, paperwork and regulatory just to get an individual online so that they can be jobbed out and uh, to have an opportunity to work. And, and what ABLE did was create a, a simple digital onboarding experience to facilitate that. So that creates a lot of value for staffing companies because they're able to get more employees into uh, their platform. And that particular company uh, grew very quickly. They raised money from us at North Coast, from Jumpstart, from uh, Plymouth, which is a uh, Michigan-based venture capital fund. Uh, they have over 40 employees now, and they sold to a, a Boston-based company just last week. One thing which is interesting about the ABLE story, which is very unique, is that that company was spun out of Talent Launch, which is a local staffing company. So that company, which is owned by Aaron Grossman, identified an internal uh, opportunity they had. They built the software for themselves, then realized they had something that was of value to the industry. So they spun it off. We and other investors invested in it. And that's one of the great ways I think new companies can be created here in the region 
is by relying on the uh, expertise and perspective of entrepreneurs who are already in a space, who have customers, who have insights, and spinning new companies out. What's the process of, let's say I'm, I'm the guy from Able and I've got this great idea. What do I do? Am I coming directly to North Coast Ventures and saying, here's my presentation, here's what I want to do? How does, how does that process work? Yeah, so our door is always open. We want to have those conversations and there really doesn't have to be much at hand. In that particular case, the most important thing was that there was a, a founder and a team in place who had already made the commitment to doing this. They had built a product that we could uh, evaluate that we could uh, engage with. They had some early customers we could call. Uh, they did a lot of terrific work to validate this particular opportunity and made it very easy on us. Uh, that's really the best way to get investors uh, engaged versus a business plan or, or some uh, great strategy, right, is, is just starting. And that starting can be as uh, substantive as what I just mentioned, or it can be wireframes, right, a roadmap of what a product could look like. And we're willing to talk and engage at any level. We tend to invest, though, once there is a little bit of a product in place. We call it a minimum viable product. What about your investors? I know you said $25,000 to $6 million, but who, who are the people who, who invest in North Coast Ventures? Who comes to you? Says, I have this money, and I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to put it into these startups. Absolutely. So our investors are a really interesting cross-section of uh, people from the region. Almost all our 350 investors are from Ohio. Uh, if individuals have built and sold a software company for $50 million or more, there's an excellent chance they're one of our investors. But we also have uh, general uh, business people, community leaders, physicians, attorneys, people who uh, believe in startups, who believe in Cleveland, who want to see more capital and companies uh, developed and uh, made successful here in the region. I'd say our secret sauce, though, is taking those 350 people, really understanding who has what particular expertise, and calling on the right people at the right time to help us find better companies, to help us support the companies we have, to help us conduct due diligence. And that's really a crucial aspect of our model is that if you're an investor of ours, we don't want you to write a check and then just check in every quarter at the reports. We'd like you to you know, pay attention, open doors, help our portfolio companies and be part of the success story. Do investors come to you then and say, you know, I'm interested in investing in technology that deals with medical companies, or I, I want to be involved in something that's never been done before? Are they making those kinds of choices where their money goes? So all the time we hear what they're interested in, absolutely. And, and we, if there's a, a fit with what we do and what they do, there's a lot of interest. But for us, you know, business software really is broadly applicable. So we invest in digital health and healthcare IT. Able, which I mentioned, would go more under uh, HR tech. Uh, financial technologies, education technologies, marketing technologies, a, a really wide range of uh, businesses are uh, accelerated and empowered with better technology. And I think we're seeing more and more the broad platforms that are being applied. New companies are creating those and having vertical applications, right? So Ables was simply for the staffing industry. They went out and decided to do a best-in-class onboarding solution for staffing. There were onboarding solutions that were far more broad, but didn't tackle the specific challenges of a staffing company. That's the opportunity they saw, and that's part of why we were really excited with it. We mentioned that startups are important to the economy. But why do so many of them fail? Because it's really, really hard. Uh, you know, the world, in, in many ways, does not need more startups. There can only be so many, just like there can only be so many players in any professional sports league. So it's tremendously competitive. 
The kinds of businesses that we are investing in are not commodity businesses. They are, in some cases, companies that are taking a new approach and competing with uh, behemoths, right? Some of the largest companies in the world. In other cases, they're blazing a trail and in, in, they're in a new space. So we know when we invest at the early stage, there's a 50% chance likelihood, at least, that we're going to fail. And failure typically means losing all your money. But the good news is you can only lose all your money once. You can't lose it twice or three times or four times. In our successful companies like Able, we're able to have a return many times over, and that's part of what compensates for the risk profile. Todd Fetterman joins us today for the Landscape of Cranes Cleveland podcast. He is the Managing Director for North Coast Ventures, and we're talking about the work that they do. I'm Dan Pallotta. Glad you can join us, too. Todd, one of the things you've spoken about frequently is the important role that a board of directors has for a startup company. Why are they so important? Well, entrepreneurs uh, often don't have a lot of people to talk to. If you're in a small business, you may have five people, 10 people. You're trying to make the best hires you can, but you're working within a very tight and focused area. So to the extent you can have a couple advisors who are not just there to tell you what they think, but also have a fiduciary responsibility to the company, have fiduciary responsibility to the investors, it creates tremendous alignment uh, with the company and with the investors. And a board member has to understand the assignment. They have to understand you know, what it means to be the director of an early stage company, which is very different than it means to be uh, on a board of a nonprofit or even on a large publicly traded company, because there's a lot of question asking, a lot of facilitating, a lot of door opening, as opposed to simple decision making, because it's not black and white at a startup, and the directors have to understand some of the unique challenges of a startup in order to be effective as directors. I would imagine that also then would require a much bigger investment of their time. Absolutely. It's a meaningful time commitment. Uh, as a director, you don't just show up to the board meetings and uh, opine on, on what you think, right? You've got to spend time between meetings, uh, get to know the founders, listen to the issues, uh, evaluate the information there, and, and try your best uh, to be helpful. And uh, these are you know Delaware uh, C-Corps for the most part. There's good case law about what the obligations are of a director, right? If you don't do that work, you're liable as a director uh, for not doing your job. So it's, it's very important that that assignment uh, be understood by all and embraced by all. Let's talk about some of the other successes you've had. Tell me about Alvier. Alvier is a atypical company for Cleveland. First of all, it's founded by a serial successful entrepreneur, Yuval Brisker. Uh, he created Toa Technologies, which sold to Oracle several, several years ago. It's also a bit of a, a greenfield type company. It is financial services, uh, banking as a service. So this is something where there is a minimal industry layer there today. Uh, they built a significant product, went to market before they had customers, raised $70 million over uh, the past six months, and now have some really interesting customer relationships where they're offering banking services, stored value cards, uh, gift and other services to large brands. So it's basically transcending typical banking. I would say that's a bigger swing than we typically see for a Midwest startup, but a really interesting high potential company. Now, is most of the focus of North Coast Ventures in terms of your investment, is it here in Northeast Ohio or are you starting to expand outside the region? Historically, most of our investments have been in Northeast Ohio, all of them traditionally in Cleveland. However, a couple of years ago, we consciously decided as we narrowed our focus to business software that we needed to look outside of the city and the region and the state as well. 
So over the past year, we've invested in a company in California, Florida, Maine. Uh, we're looking across the country, but we still expect the majority of our opportunities will come here uh, in Northeast Ohio because this is where we have the best network. This is where we're most likely to be engaged with companies very early. And it's where our network of 350 individuals can be most impactful. What kind of effect has the pandemic had on just sort of startup uh, people wanting to have startups? Has it had any effect? Has it slowed it down? Is, are people doing more of it? What's, what's been the market? What's this been like? In the venture capital industry, I'd say we have very little to complain about in terms of the pandemic. There's obviously the, the human element, and it's been a challenge for, for all of us in that way. But generally speaking, we were able to walk out of our offices with our laptops. Our companies have terrific tools and resources to keep doing what they're doing. Uh, it is not place-based. So I think we all felt like we had access to what we needed. We were in safe environments. And many of our companies uh, actually saw some acceleration from the pandemic because it accelerated so many secular trends like uh, work from home, different types of uh, digitization, uh, video, uh, and, and many things in healthcare IT and, and digital health because all of those things had to be remote. So I would say, you know, we, we play the hand we're dealt in this business and the hand changes meaningfully over time. It's up to us to uh, adapt. But in the particular industries we invest, I'd say we were fortunate that for the most part, they were not particularly harmed by the pandemic. One of the things that North Coast Ventures is known for is holding entrepreneurial events. Have you been able to do much of that? Or have you been doing it virtually? What's been going on with that? Well, the last in-person event we had was in February of 2020. We had uh, 250 people. We had a big uh, schedule of events for that year. And not surprisingly, they all turned uh, virtual. We've not uh, flipped the switch to go back yet. I think we know we don't know, right? They're going to be We've seen several curveballs over the past year. We'll probably see a few more. We'd love to uh, get back as soon as there is, you know, one uh, general interest in support uh, and also just a, a comfort level. Uh, one thing I would say, though, is that our events have benefited in some ways from being virtual. We've tripled uh, the participation we have at our typical meetings. We have uh, more out-of-state participation where we have guest speakers. We're now able to bring people in from the coast and other areas. And we've tried to embrace it. Uh, it's not a substitute. I think we'll continue to do virtual events uh, going forward, but we really would like to get back and have at least a subset of our events be in person because you know that's where more interesting things happen. That's where uh, deals get done. That's where ideas come about. That's where relationships are made. And there isn't really a substitute for that in the virtual world. Yeah, it's interesting. We've all been talking about that as great Zoom has been and all that. It's not the same thing as sitting down in a room with somebody else and having a conversation. Sure isn't. What, what about your annual meeting this year? What, what are the plans for that? Well, we are a couple weeks from uh, announcing the annual meeting lineup. Uh, last year, you may recall, we had uh, Trisha Griffith, the CEO of Progressive, in a fireside chat. I would say we have a similarly intriguing uh, fireside uh, guest as well. We have uh, five of our portfolio companies that will be presenting uh, updates. One of them is ABLE, uh, so they'll be doing a little bit of a victory lap talking about that exit. And what we do is we're going to you know, give those companies an opportunity to talk about what's working and what's not working. 
uh, ask our investors to help them, right? Open doors and introductions where they need it. And we're going to do a little bit of a, a state of the union as far as how ventures going here in Ohio, across the country, and what we see going forward. Uh, what we do is really not transactional. It's not short term. We're trying to get as many people engaged and kind of committed to be part of uh, what we're all working on here in the region because we. We think what we're doing uh, is important and is successful, but we're one of a number of different groups and organizations who are trying to accelerate uh, the efforts of entrepreneurs, fund the efforts of entrepreneurs, and to build great companies here. And we're hopeful that we can bring uh, even more people together this year at that annual meeting, which is on March 9th and is open to the public. So anyone who's interested is able to click in and join us. Last year, we had over 800 people. Not bad. So we'll certainly share those details in Crane when they become of Cranes when they become available. Todd Fetterman, thanks for joining us today and sharing some thoughts about North Coast Ventures. Glad to have you today. Thank you, Dan. I enjoyed it. Todd Fetterman is a managing director for North Coast Ventures. He joined us today for the Landscape of Cranes Cleveland podcast. We're glad you joined us too. I'm Dan Paletta. Thanks again, and we'll talk again soon.